Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 11th episode of Hotels 101, a podcast that dives into the lives of those who live and breathe the hotel, hospitality, travel, leisure industry every day. I'm your host, Rob Hayes. I'm the president and CEO of Ashford Hospitality Trust, a hotel ownership group in Dallas, Texas that owns hotels all throughout the United States. And welcome to today's episode with, uh, I'd like to say a good friend of mine and someone I'm very excited to talk about, a seasoned industry veteran, Stan Kennedy, the recently, I guess very recently, <laughs> uh, retired COO of Remington Hotels. And uh, so Stan, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Rob, and good morning. Good morning. And so it's a pretty recent thing. I mean, like the last few weeks sort of thing, right? That's correct, effective uh, January the 1st. All right, so. sorry, January the 1st. And so, so tell us a little bit about what you're gonna be doing now. Okay, well, very excited about, you know, I, as I work through the rest of my retirement, uh, you know, I still have a lot of projects that I'm working on. I want to complete those. And so I'm working with, you know, the team at Remington to make sure that we can uh, bring closure to all the different open-ended projects. But I'm looking forward to my retirement time. So I have five grandchildren, which I want to spend a lot of time with them. And uh, I also have uh, this desire to jump into woodworking. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. So I have um, on our home in Oklahoma, I have five acres and I have a, um, a large uh, shop. And so I have uh, already, you know, put in all the different uh, woodworking equipment and saws and so forth. And I've already been playing around. So I've actually built some things uh, for the family and I'm um, very excited about it. So right. just a hobby. And you got all your, you still have all so your have fingers? All fingers all right. here. Okay. So do you have yeah. any of these, any of these, uh, these ones that's, that have kind of the electrical current through it, that if it touches skin, that it puts a stop in it. Have you seen those things? <laughs> I have not. There's these really cool wood saws where okay. if you, you see videos of them on YouTube where you can take like a hot dog and they've got the table saw and the, like the instant it touches it, it senses that it has oh. touched something not wood and jams it. Okay. It's kind of cool. Well, anyway, I have to look at that for you sure. You should look at those. Yeah, it yeah, keeps yeah, fingers yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you've been in the hotel industry for how long? 42 years. 42 years. 42. All right. So take us take us back. So give us some of the, the backstory. Where'd you grow up? Where'd you come from? How did you end up in the in the hotel space? Okay. All right. Well, um, you know, I'm originally from Texas, so I was born in Houston. And um, my father, he was a, uh, a manufacturer's representative. And so we actually traveled a lot when he was uh, when he was in that capacity. And so we'd travel as a family and uh, we'd stay at hotels. And for me, it was like, I always love staying at the different hotels, love the smell of walking into a room, you know, all the cleaning, deodorants, whatever else. And uh, we were very picky back in those days because they were roadside inns. And uh, we always wanted the hotels that had pools or, or television or whatever. And so kind of grew accustomed to enjoying that part of the lifestyle growing up. Uh, but as we fast forward, I entered the, 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 the employment status when I was about 10 years old. Believe it or not, I worked as a car hop in a, a little drive-in restaurant in Yukon, Oklahoma, and, uh, and worked throughout my entire youth uh, working in restaurants. So I grew from that to a soda jerk to eventually a cook and, uh, and then ended up managing a restaurant. Um, and then I graduated high school and went to uh, Oklahoma State University. Uh, go I, Pokes. Yeah, go Pokes. And so I continued to, um, to work in the hospitality side of it. Uh, and I really wanted to pursue a hospitality career, but I didn't like the curriculum. It, it leaned too heavily into the uh, human resources sciences, and I really preferred that it would focus more on the business aspect. And so I was not a real good student because I ended up wasting a lot of time taking extra courses because I was delving into business while also pursuing the, the hotel business. 
uh, I, I exited the you know, college to, uh, to go into the Air Force. And so I spent five years in the Air Force. Had nothing to do with hospitality or food. Uh, I went in and actually was uh, working on weaponry systems for the fighter aircraft systems. And so I did that for five years. And where was that? That was uh, two years in California and three years in Alaska, Anchorage, Alaska. And uh, enjoyed that experience. It was great. Uh, I attended college while I was going through uh, my Air Force term. And uh, as soon as I exited the Air Force, I came right back to college because that, that was my objective. And I went back to Oklahoma State. And, um, and again, at that point, I kind of shifted my focus and I really wanted to teach. Uh, my preference was teach business education and coach. And um, I accepted a job at the local Holiday Inn as a uh, relief night auditor and front desk clerk. And this is in Stillwater? That's in Stillwater. And so I worked overnights and uh, go to school all day. And, um, and then from there, I continued to, you know, do this for about two years. And, um, and, you know, eventually the owner of the hotel, after he turned over seven general managers in two years, came to me and threw the keys at me and said, <laughs> you're it. <laughs> so you sink or swim. And so that's how I got into the business and, um, uh, and have enjoyed it ever since. It's been great. So then, so tell me about some of the different roles you've had through the years. You've, you've, you've been GM, a GM clearly of a, a yeah. place. So tell me about some of the different roles you've had through the years. Yeah, I was a single unit general manager for several years. And so, and I rotated between different properties. And so depending on, back in those days, you actually would move a lot. And so I, I was kind of prided myself in being available to move. You move for opportunity. And so I moved about 11 times in the first 13 years in the, in the business. Wow. And um, back in those days, there were a lot of distressed hotels and, and a lot of foreclosed type hotels and so forth. And so uh, working for third party operators, you moved a lot. and. Uh, so I did that for a number of years and opened hotels in that period of time as well. And then eventually moved into multi-unit. Uh, and so in my 10th year, I started doing multi-unit. And uh, from there, I was general manager uh, based in one hotel. And then I'd oversee anywhere from three to five to seven other hotels while being a general manager. Uh, I eventually moved into a vice president role uh, with a company based here in Dallas, no longer in existence, but uh, called Metro Hotels. And I uh, oversaw a division of hotels with them. Uh, and then eventually moved over to another locally based company named American General Hospitality. Uh, and at that point, I moved out of the Dallas market and uh, moved to New York and took over the whole Northeast region for this particular company. And uh, continued as a, as a general manager and a multi-unit manager. Eventually that company um, struck a deal with Solomon Brothers in New York to acquire a chain of hotels. So it was a brand and they asked me to go and operate it, figure out what to do with it. Uh, I'm not sure that I really want to talk too much about it, but it was called Cricket Ends. I'd never heard of such a thing, and it was kind of a surprise to me, but figure out what to do with Cricket Ends. And so I did. And, and these were about 27 assets scattered all over the southeastern part of the United States. And, um, and so I had a short window of time to go in and figure out what to do with each one of those, you know, whether it was a conversion, had some we tore down and rebuilt, uh, had some that we just renovated and kept, and some we just spun them out. And uh, it was a very successful operation, and Son Brothers was very, very pleased with the outcome of that portfolio. Um, from there, I moved to California in a multi-unit role, and so American General Hospitality was going into the public space, and, um, and I was asked to go to the West Coast, and so I, I uh, took care of the West Coast properties for a period of time. And with a merger with, um, back in those days, with Capstar, which became Maristar, mm -hmm. I moved to D.C. and was part of the Maristar operation overseeing all of the properties that didn't fit into a geographic cluster, which meant that I had properties all over the country. Mm -hmm. So I was in different time zones and whatever else. 
Uh, did that for a few years, and then eventually the opportunity came to join Remington. And so I joined Remington in uh, January of 2001 as general manager of the uh, what was the Radisson Fort Worth. It was mm -hmm. a 525 key hotel. And, um, and so I joined the company then with the idea that I would expand back into multi-unit, which I did in that same year. And uh, from there, I moved into a divisional vice president role where I oversaw all of our Hiltons within uh, the portfolio. Uh, expanded that role to the senior vice president uh, position, which was about a little over half of our hotels uh, within Remington, and then um, and then became COO effective um, uh, in 2000, right before COVID. Gotcha. So great timing. Yeah, got great great timing. It's perfect. So so when you think back to all of your various kind of GM roles, is there a particular property that has a soft spot in your heart that you you know when you think back that you'll think most fondly about the experiences you had or what you learned at any of those properties, any single property? Yeah, honestly, there are three. Uh, and, you know, <clears throat> the first one is always that one that sticks into your heart. You say, okay, that's the one where you learn everything. I mean, you know, you didn't know a whole lot. And so I was learning everything and I was figuring out how to do things. And uh, and the story of, uh, of um, which some people are aware of, but uh, I hired Garth Brooks back in those days, paid him $100 to perform my bar for a week. And, um, and so that, that resonated. And that's at the Holiday time. Inn? That's at the Holiday Inn in Stillwater, Oklahoma. And um, and I'll never forget that, and you know, again, enjoy that and cherish that that memory. Um, still waiting for my royalty check, by the way. I haven't seen it yet. But, uh, and then um, the next one was uh, when I ran the uh, Holiday Inn Arena in, in uh, downtown Binghamton, New York, uh, and uh, that was a that was a distressed hotel, uh, and uh, in our you know our focus was to try to reposition the hotel to get as much as we can out of the hotel so that the uh, so the bank who had foreclosed on the hotel could do something with it, and uh, we we created. I you know I came to Dallas during one of our regular PNL review meetings and um, went to a I hate to say it but I went to a biker bar with my sister <laughs> and I learned a lot at that bar and so I, I took the concept with me and and created a new one at that hotel in Binghamton and it was a huge success, uh, which was um, the catalyst for the uh, the owners being able to sell the hotel and and. Um, and it was, it was a great opportunity. And then the last one, obviously, is the uh, the Hilton Fort Worth. It, you know, it was a Radisson, 525 key Radisson. When I got there, we um, went through, um, you know, several things that were very important. One was obviously I got there in January of '01, and then 9/11 occurred. And back in those days, we were um, we were housing um, a couple of groups. You know, uh, one of those happened to be um, we had the Secretary of the Navy that was visiting us with us because we had a lot of defense contractors there with a large Lockheed Martin group. We also were housing um, a very large number of the American Airlines and United Airlines pilots and crew members. And unfortunately, because of what happened, you know, it really kind of just put a big damper on everything, on everybody, and it was a very, a very trying period of time. Um, and so we worked our way through it. And, um, and then from there, obviously, the Great Recession occurred, and so that was very difficult and complicated. Um, especially in a box that size, and mm -hmm. as complicated as this hotel is because of its history and so forth. And then, um, and then our conversion. So this was a huge conversion to take the 525 key Radisson to a 294-room Hilton, mm -hmm. and to do so so successfully. This was a huge success. And um, and again, I take a lot of pride in the fact that you know with the team that we had assembled, uh, we were able to have success in every moment and um, were able to shine. So. Those, those just stick with me, and I'll never forget those 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 great moments. No, that's great. Well, and that, that story of the Fort Worth Hilton, I, uh, 
several months ago, I, there was a TV piece that was kind of done on the history of it because I think it was the anniversary of of um, JFK's death, and that was right. obviously where he stayed his last night. And just the story that, of that property and the history is really remarkable mm -hmm. about how it was, I guess, the Texas Hotel, and oh, yeah. then it was maybe a Hyatt after that, and then it's, you know, it became the Radisson. And, um, and of course, what's interesting is that when we did that conversion to the Radisson, we sold off that other that's building right. that's attached to it, which is also now about to become the Lake Meridian. <laughs> that's right. And so it's going to be another two hotels again. So uh, yeah. yeah, it's pretty exciting. Well, you know, just a side story on, on the history with JFK. Um, when I was general manager of the hotel, um, the actor Bill and director Bill Paxton had called me out of the blue because he wanted to do a, a new movie on his parallel life of uh, Lee Harvey, Harvey Oswald and with JFK, and uh, and he wanted to come back and film it in the hotel. So we worked, you know, for a long period of time trying to figure out how to make it work. In the end, he didn't do it uh, because. Um, over the years, we had renovated so much of the space it didn't look like it. Right. You know, they had wagon wheel chandeliers and all that back in those days. And um, the true story is that you know he actually is in one of the photos as a young kid sitting on the shoulder of his dad when Kennedy oh, that's gave right. a speech out front. I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, so it's kind of special to to connect with that. So, so looking kind of kind of back on your career, was there a particular piece of advice that someone gave you or a lesson that you learned that you think kind of stayed with you that you, you found particularly valuable in your in your career? Yeah, <clears throat> you know, there were probably a couple that I, that I stick with at all times, but, you know, one is an old Ronald Reagan um, quote, but, you know, it's that trust but verify component uh, because, you know, in our world, we have a lot of people that you trust to do a lot of things for you, but you need to verify that, that you can trust what they're telling you or what they're doing for you. And so to me, uh, it's just that verification piece to make sure that uh, that it's done as as you say, um, or as they say it is. And and for me, I think that's that's really important. And then my dad, you know, when I was a young guy and I first got into the business, you know, he he always said that you know um, that eighty percent of success as a, a leader of a any business unit uh, is just being there. And uh, and I took that to heart. I probably overdid it because I've been a lot of hours. But but the reality is that it is about that because we are there serving other people. So we're there to serve our customers. We're there to serve our associates, and we're to serve our owners. And you can't do that from afar. And so you know, working remotely does not really apply to our our field. So so then looking back, if you had to um, kind of give what what did you what have you enjoyed most about kind of your roles and jobs, and what's been the what did you like the, like the least? <laughs> yeah, what are kind yeah. of the pros and cons? Yeah, 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 sure. Well, <clears throat> the most is the people. I mean, because you get to meet all kinds of people. And so, like you talked about, you know, you, you have celebrities, you have um, all different people that you deal with. And for me, I always enjoyed, you know, going down to our, you know, to our frontline people, you know, our folks, whether it be in housekeeping or whether it be in engineering or working in the kitchen. I would spend a great deal of my time in those areas because I wanted to get to know them. Because these are the people that really are taking care of the business for us, and um, and their stories are always very interesting to me. So I always enjoyed spending the time in those back of the house areas, just visiting with with our associates to understand more about what they do. Um, and the other thing about our industry is that when you're operating a hotel as a general manager, <clears throat> you get the benefit of of that immediate gratification from anything you do. So any of the work you do, you see it in front of you, you see it you know, come to, to, to life, you see it at success, and you can adjust at the moment to make sure it succeeds, uh, which I think is wonderful. It also is an industry that allows for anyone, anyone from any walk of life, any skill set, 
to find their way. I mean, I started out as a car hop, and I'm on my way to COO. I mean, so the reality is it happens a lot in our industry. Mm -hmm. A lot of our general managers, they start out in line-level positions, and they find themselves there. They don't have to have a, you know, a graduate degree. They don't, in fact, they don't have to have a, a bachelor's degree to that, you know, to that extent, uh, because it is about how, how much you com are committed in, in your conviction to serving others, uh, and that will trump most other needs of our industry. So yeah. to me, I love that part of it. The downside is, you know, especially when you're in a general manager position, is it's it's 24 seven. And so the reality is that you're you're very much like a fire department or a police department or a hospital in that you never close. And, um, and it seems like the needs always occur at that two o'clock in the morning on a Sunday morning <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> they don't happen during the nine to five on Monday through Friday. So, uh, and that's probably the hardest part because you do have to sacrifice a lot. Um, in your own personal life in order to accommodate the needs of the hotel. Yeah, how did you balance family life with, with what the, the career grind that you were going through? Yeah, great question. I would say great, and my family would probably say not very good. <laughs> you know, but, but the truth is that, um, yeah, I, I, it, it was bump and grind. And so, you know, I, had, <clears throat> I made a lot of errors earlier in my life where I, I, I sacrificed way too much on my personal life in order to see it through on the business life. And a lot of that had to do with the fact that, you know, I felt like I had to be there to see everything through uh, and had to do it myself because I knew I could do it better than everybody else. Mm -hmm. Well, that's not really true. Uh, the best leaders are those that can find those, those associates to do the work and to treat, teach them and coach them into doing the best performance. So uh, I learned how to, to balance that out and, um, and it just takes time. And I encourage everybody to make sure that you, you manage yourself because the victims, you know, people who, who do not manage it very well, they have a tendency to want to blame others for that failure. And the reality is they, they control their own schedule. When you're a general manager, you control your own schedule. And, um, and it's important that you know how to balance those two out. Yeah. No, no, and I think it's, a, it's, it's the always question that people have about work-life balance and yeah. how do you do it both. And it's, the answer is it's never easy. That's you just right. have to make priorities and decisions. I do think what's interesting, though, about what you, you said a little bit earlier that I think our industry can do a better job of continuing to talk about is just the opportunities that exist for people right. to work their way up. I mean, right now there's a lot of people, young people, young adults, and maybe they don't have a big an education background that are being swept up into a gig economy where they're you know driving for Uber or they're working at Amazon. They're and not realizing the opportunities that exist for someone you can come in and not necessarily be super skilled. And you really can work your way up through a hotel and into, into our industry because it does come up with you know, what's what's the effort that you put in, what's your ability to learn, what's your character. Those things can lead to a lot of success in our industry. Like I said, our our business and our companies are filled with people that started up as a that's right car hop, mm -hmm. yeah, exactly, <laughs> and worked their way up. That's right. Well, even uh, some of the founders of the brands, uh, they some of those didn't attend college either. So you know they. You think through it, some of the, the, the more famous people in the industry, there's a number of those that did not have a secondary education. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think of Kimmins Wilson, the founder of uh, Holiday Inns, which became ISG, you know, he didn't even finish high school. And so, you know, and, and think what he was able to accomplish. So um, it, it's drive and determination. And, uh, and again, I, to me, I, I, see, I see that challenge out there with the associates and, and, and with our future leaders in our, in our industry. And, um, and we need to focus more on trying to get 
people interested at a younger level. So I, to me, I, I look at the vocational technical schools as opportunities, even into the high schools on the career, you know, the career development, uh, you know, initiatives. Um, I think we need to focus more heavily on that for our future leaders because we're going to continue building hotels. I mean, the, the, the supply of hotels doesn't seem to be going backwards. And, um, and uh, there are a lot of folks who have chosen to, like me, who have chosen to retire or uh, have exited our, our industry uh, on a permanent basis because they've chosen a different field. And uh, so we need to kind of replenish the, you know, that talent pool. And uh, we have to create it ourselves, I believe, at a younger level. Gotcha. Absolutely. All right. So question on your personal side, you just mentioned the uh, the woodworking. So normally I try to understand what someone has kind of for their passion outside yeah. the, the, the work world. So why, how woodworking? How did that happen? <laughs> yeah, funny. Right? Like when have you found time to do woodworking? <laughs> well, I don't. That's, that's, that's why I'm retiring because I don't have time to do it. Because woodworking, as you know, it it's kind of an art. And I'm not an artist. Okay, my wife, she has artistic skills I don't have. But to me, um, you know, when I was a young guy, my, my father used to always do hands-on stuff. And so, you know, we would always be out. He, he wanted my, son, my brother and I to, uh, to always be involved in building things. And so we would do things with our hands. Uh, and in, in the hospitality industry, you do things with your hands, but you don't go out and build anything with wood, you know. Uh, and, um, and so I always enjoyed, you know, taking kind of raw individual pieces of product and then putting something together that, that makes sense. Uh, and woodworking is one of those items I said, well, that's probably something I can do. And so I started playing around with some just some wood, and I had just my jigsaw. I had to, <laughs> trust me, I didn't have the tools I needed. <laughs> and I'm just out there playing around with things, and I would create things, and whether I did it for my grandchildren or, or my, even my kids or whatever, and they would go, wow, that's, that's, that's really cool. And I was like, well, that made me feel good. So yeah. I said, yeah, from there, I said, well, maybe I can do more. So I built a front porch swing, and I have our own initials built into the front porch swing. I've, I have uh, gone out and redone all my columns on my front porch, and, and I'm right now I'm in the middle of finishing a project for my grandkids and it is I, I give my grandkids a silver dollar for every year they're born and so that accumulates and so by the time they turn 18 they'll have 171 of these well so I've taken some raw wood uh, and it's red cedar from Oklahoma and, and I'm uh, making some displays that they can have that will have all 171 of their silver dollars with their name you know it's already burned into the the wood and stained and so i'm in the process of getting all those completed for them so that's cool yeah. well, that's great all right so we're coming to the last question which is i try to ask every guest and the question is this you have one last trip that you can take <laughs> i'm not saying that you're old stan you're doing great <laughs> yeah. but you have one last trip that you can take and you can stay in any hotel in the world so what hotel are you going to mm. and why mm. so it can be a hotel you've been to haven't been to where are you going to go? Um, you know, um, Turtle Bay. Turtle Bay on the North Shore in Hawaii. Okay. And why? <laughs> We've been there a few times, and so we love it. It's uh, I, If you haven't been to the North Shore of, of Hawaii, that, we've been to Hawaii, you know, I don't know, half a dozen times or whatever. Uh, and um, always enjoyed the trip, but until we found Turtle Bay, it's just so, it, it's kind of away from all the hustle and bustle. It's a place where I can unwind totally, I can be myself and, um, and not feel any kind of pressures. Plus you have access to all the excursions. So they're kind of outdoor type excursions 
No, I don't surf, and so I'm not going to be the surfer guy out there. Okay? But <laughs> there's not a whole lot of Oklahoma-based <laughs> no. surfers. <laughs> no, no, no. But you know, whether you're walking the beaches and you're seeing, you know, these basically extinct, you know, turtles or whatever that are up on uh, on shores and whatever, and um, or you're in um, in up against the mountains, you're going in, taking the ATV tours up through, you know, where a lot of these movies have been filmed and so forth, like Jurassic Park and all that. Um, we we just enjoy that dramatically and the hotel has always been one that has provided you know great service to us it, it facilities are exactly what you like to have in a resort location like this uh, and um, and so for us we've just kind of found ourselves to, to find this as our favorite been there about four times now and um, we would go back there I mean I have other trips but when you're specifying it to a hotel I, I haven't identified a hotel for those okay did you always find that when that when you would go on trips and particularly if you had, say, a great experience that you would try to take little nuggets of, of things that you saw back to your own properties that you were working on? Always. <laughs> always. You're always looking for ideas. And so, and that's, that's the hard part is that you never, when you're in this business and you go stay in a hotel, you, you're never really checked out totally because you're always observing and you're always paying attention to whether it's the service pieces or whether it's the nuggets of, of amenities they offer or or how they may fold a towel or whatever. And so you're always taking those items back with you. And uh, I normally go in there and I fill up my camera with all those kind of pictures. Can't tell my wife that's what I'm doing on the sideline. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm trying to impress her that I'm, I'm spending time with her and focused on her, but I really am taking notes for for what I might be able to bring back and, and share with our team to, to enhance our our delivery of service and so forth. Well, it is amazing when you're in this business for a while is that you do find that within a relatively short period of time walking into the hotel, you can tell a lot about the general manager. Mm -hmm. You can kind of tell what the team in that property, how attentive they are, is it all put together? Is it a little bit of a hot mess? Is it you know, being disregarded? I mean, it's, it's amazing what you can tell if you're observant and you're just kind of used to how things work. Yeah, I always said that, you know, you, <clears throat> the general manager has an aura about their hotel. And so they don't have to be in the lobby for you to know how that hotel is operating. So you can always tell <laughs> walking in the lobby. I, I know right away, you know, where this hotel is on track and they're hitting all of it or if, if they're not. And, um, and it's funny how that works is because it, it's a number of things that, that you kind of look at, but the reality from that sense of arrival all the way through to the lobby and so forth, you don't have to dig very deep to understand whether the general manager is, is really on point or not. Uh, and um, it's always great to walk into one of those you go, wow, I, I got it. You know, I, I want to meet this person because mm -hmm. they obviously have it. And there's others where you walk in and go, yeah, I need to meet this person. <laughs> yeah, because there's still trash coming out of the yeah. you know, bin in the front. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Well, you got weeds in the flower yeah. bed or you know, whatever. That, you know, you can tell they're not doing their, their, their best to give the best impression on every ex experience by every guest. And, and that's really what's important. That's great. Well, Stan, uh, one, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you. Two, thank you for all of your work through the years. You've been a, uh, both a good friend, and, and I've learned a lot from you for, through the ages, and so I uh, appreciate all your uh, friendship and support and work over the past several decades. And um, I'm excited about your next step, and let's just pray you keep all your fingers on your woodworking. <laughs> yeah, well, well, thank you, Rob. I you. appreciate the time and the opportunity, and again, I've appreciated our relationship as well. And, um, and again, thank you. That's great. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for uh, visiting us for this 11th episode of Hotels 101. Look forward to seeing you for the next episode. See you, everyone.